The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, TicketSmarter.com, Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and Star Alvarado, our real estate agent in the state of Florida. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, we are finally here. It is week one of the 2023 National Football League season. We've waded through all the off-season stuff, free agency, the draft, training camp, preseason games, and all the rest. And we are finally ready to go to Minnesota in week one. We are here for the No Quarter Given podcast, season premiere, week one preview. And we've got the full gang of participants here with us today. We've got the creator of BuckPower.com, one, one Paul Stewart live from England with us. And we also have the new, I got to give him his props here, co-host and executive producer of the J.P. Peterson Show, as well as still host of the Sports Web, which we all know. The uh, His contract, Paul, was renewed once again by Jason Light. He's on a uh, one-year one contract for the No Quarter Given Podcast 2023 version. Part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. Welcome in, gentlemen, for another year of No Quarter Given. What's going on, guys? How you doing? I'm very pleased. I've decided to double your contract rate for this year, Peter. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't want to get into an Evans uh, situation now, Paul. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you twice as much as I paid you last year. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Sounds great. He'll get four chicken wings instead of two this time. Oh. That's the there one. You go. There and, you go. A, and a free diet coke. That's right. <laughs> well, again, folks, appreciate you joining finding us part of the buckpower.com podcast network. You can find us on all your favorite uh podcast platforms. If you haven't already done so, hit subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platform. Paul, before we get started, give the fans who maybe don't know about buckpower.com, give them a quick little overview of what the website is and what you do and how long it's been around. Oh, it's been around. It's in its 22nd year now, uh, Jason. We've had over 100 million hits. It's every player, every game, everything Bucks, BarkPower.com. Anything you want to know about the history of the franchise, we've got video highlights of games on this day. We're doing a countdown of the 100 best Buccaneers. But yeah, any question you've ever got about the Bucks, BarkPower.com. That's where that's the place to go. And I got to get uh, give him a little plug. He just put out a brand new podcast a couple of days ago, highlighting the 1985 season opener against the Chicago Bears. I definitely recommend you listening to it. Excellent work with Randy Grimes. You and Randy break down all things Chicago Bears and Buccaneers in week one. There were some Steve DeBerg. There were some Kevin Howell, some James Wilder, all the rest from back in the 85 season. Was that Lehman Bennett's first game, correct, as head coach? Yes, it was. And the reason we've done it is because it was a real turning point in franchise history. It was the first game without John McKay as head coach. 
First game without Leroy Selman, and the Bucks were playing the eventual Super Bowl champions, the great 46 defense of the Bears. So, yeah, we tell a lot of good stories. We take you back to the mid-1980s when the music was good and Buccaneer football wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get in, let's get into the 2023 Buccaneers coming off of an eight and nine regular season in 2022. Somehow we win the NFC South at eight and nine. We we go down to the Dallas Cowboys in the in the in, in the in the wild card round. Uh, Tom Brady no longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. We're going to get into those couple storylines. The Bucks come into 2023 about 77 million dollars in dead cap money because paying all the credit card bills that we had to restructure for the last three years. All those credit cards are time to be paid, and this is the year the Buccaneers are paying them. So basically, 77 million dollars in dead cap money. Which leads to our first topic of roster construction for this year and a probably an unprecedented year for the Buccaneers. 13 rookies make the roster, the 50 initial 53 man roster, with six of those 13 being undrafted free agents. Paul Stewart, to you first. Has there ever been a year that the Buccaneers have had this many rookies and or undrafted free agents make the roster that you can remember? Well, I've gone back through my archives and I can't find anything like it, Jason. And, and like you say, it is a case of paying the credit card bill. I have no problem with nope. what the Buccaneers did in 21 and 22. They went for it. There's a Vince Lombardi trophy at one buck place because they went for it with Tom Brady. And I have no problem with going through a couple of lean years in return for that. Every NFL franchise would do the same. Every NFL fan base would do the same. So, yes, it's going to be a very young team. And I think we have to temper our expectations around that. And if we were to repeat an eight and nine season, I'd be very happy with it. But it's a case of, yes, we've got some young players. Give them the chance to develop, yeah. to see how they get on. And I'm, so I'm looking forward to it, but I'm realistic with what I'm expecting from this coming season. Peter? Yeah, I mean, uh, you could talk about these rookies, but they're very talented. And on top of it, undrafted rookies. Uh, so they have lots of talent there. And I still feel like that's the key word with this Tampa Bay Buccaneer team in 2023. It's not like they're all young. They do have some veterans coming off of that Super Bowl just a couple years ago. So, yeah, you can go ahead and be realistic about your expectations. But also there is talent. So it's kind of a nice mix there of veteran and rookie talent. And I expect some big things, especially playing in that NFC South, which is probably the worst division in football. And you're going to see offensively, you're going to see some young guys, Trey Palmer, Raheem Jarrett, Cody Mock. You're going to see obviously a second year guy, Luke Gedeke. So you're going to see more young guys, I think, uh, contributing on offense, but you're also going to have on defense. You're going to have some depth guys, but you're also going to have Kalijah Kansi going to be in the mix. Izian's going to be your nickel corner, who's an undrafted guy. Much more veteran, much more veterans on defense. That not as not as concerned about the young guys. It's offensively, can the young guys handle the rigors of a seventeen game season? Can they handle the offensive playbook? Do where, being where they're supposed to be, especially at wide receiver. You're going to have Tompkins, Jarrett, and Palmer as your three, four, and five receivers behind Godwin and Evans. Can those three guys, as young players, handle the load of being young players and, and productive? And how fast? Yeah, I think that the, what this takes me back to is, is actually the 1987 season when Ray Perkins came in. And he had to use all the draft picks because there was nothing 
in, in the cupboard at all left by Lehman Bennett. The end of the 86 season was the worst I've ever seen the Buccaneer franchise. So he had to go out and draft a whole new receiving core and start again. Now, at least there is talent there. Like you said, there's enough veteran experience left over from the Super Bowl run that, that can lead this team. But yeah, you're right. We're putting a lot of faith in the receiving core and any kind of injuries to, to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And wow, we could be in serious trouble. No, absolutely. You could definitely be in serious trouble, but uh, the flashes of brilliance, if you will, I get it. It's preseason, but Trey Palmer has definitely showed some flashes. You also have Rakeem Jarrett, who they like, and Devin Tompkins most likely being your kick returner and also possibly your pump returner. So, you know, the future is bright, but I still believe the future is now. And you're exactly right, Mr. Stewart. I would have did the same thing. I would have gone all in for Brady. You sure. got yourself a Super Bowl. You had an opportunity to get yourself a second Super Bowl. That's neither here nor there. Injuries and, of course, Antonio Brown uh, stopped that from happening. But you know what? Maybe this team may be a little bit better than last year's team because you don't have all those distractions that you have with Tom Brady. That's what I'm looking forward to. And you have a lot of hungry guys, a lot of guys trying to establish a career in the league, whereas last year you had the end of the road for some older guys. The motivation level may not have been – the work ethic may not have been where it probably needed to be, where you definitely have no – this year you got so many young guys fighting for their jobs and, and to stay on the roster. So, all right. Obviously, the, the Ryan Jensen news going to IR – Probably the end, potentially the end of his career in general, probably the end of his career with the Buccaneers. They've restructured his contract for next year a little bit to give the Bucs a little salary cap relief. But quick thought on Ryan Jensen and, and kind of the scenario he's facing. Yeah, it's very sad. I was actually there the day he was introduced, um, his first press conference with the Bucs in 2018. And I got talking to him and his wife. Lovely guy. You know, a real character, but wow, what a leader on the field. And you can only imagine what he's like in the locker room and in training camp, you know, with the players and encourage them around him. And the fact that he's already said he is going to stay, be there every day on the field with the players, encourage them, that can only be a good thing. It's a very sad thing. I'm glad he's been paid. I'm glad he's got his Super Bowl ring. And if it is the end of the road, thank you for the memories. But his job with the Buccaneers is not yet done. Yeah, a big-time part of that offensive line that led that team to the Super Bowl 55 victory, his grit, uh, his athleticism to get to the second level. And, guys, he could go down as one of the greatest offensive linemen in Buccaneer history with just all those things that we talked about. But I think you could kind of see how he was emotionally a couple months ago when he was talking about coming back. You kind of felt like maybe something's more to it than you know just being back. So maybe he knew... Who knows at the end of the day, it is a loss, but uh, this Buccaneer team, I believe, can handle that because Hansi last year, who started at center, is going to have that valuable experience. Now the question is, uh, you know, can he get better? Can this offensive line get better? He was the 12th rated center and pro football focus, so it's not like he's a slouch. Uh, But, again, this offensive line has to get better, and it starts not only with pass protection, but also opening up those holes for the run game of Rashard White. All right, let's get to the quarterback situation. Obviously, Baker Mayfield named the starter after the uh, after basically the second preseason game, uh, heading into New York. Uh, I'm sorry, heading into the, the Baltimore game. Excuse me. He played very well in the last preseason game at home, looked very crisp, beats out Kyle Trask. Uh, Peter, first, first to you, your thoughts on Baker winning the job. Not really a surprise to me. I mean, 69 career starts. You're going to go with the guy that has that. 
over somebody who has nine. And I get it, the future may be bright with Kyle Trask because he's definitely shown a lot of progression in this preseason and training camp. But you got to go with the experience factor. And I tell you right now, gentlemen, I'm very excited about Baker Mayfield in this offense. I think he fits this offense to a T. I like the tempo in that game versus Baltimore. I like the new wrinkles, the run uh, pla uh, pass option, the tight end end around. I mean, there's a lot of things with this Dave Canales offense that I think we haven't really talked about. And again, they're going to emphasize the run which is going to take the pressure yep. off of Baker Mayfield. And I think that is the main key, because if you get into a situation where you have to ask him to throw the ball 40 or 50 times, I think that's a recipe for disaster. So I think the offense is tailor-made for him, not surprised by the decision by the Bucks to go with Mayfield as the starter in 2023. Paul? Yeah, I think we've got this revolutionary new idea of we can throw a pass outside of the pocket which for the last three years hasn't been done. Um, and the fact we can actually hold the ball for more than 2.18 seconds before, you know, giving the receivers a chance to go downfield. It's a whole new offense we're going to see. I was, to be honest, I'm still skeptical about Baker Mayfield. There's a reason he's gone through three other NFL teams. Now, okay, the situations in 22 weren't great for him and Carolina with the Rams, but he's had a chance and he hasn't yet proven it. So he's on his last chance. If he doesn't get it, with Tampa, he's going to be a career backup until he drops out of the NFL. And I think the decision to go with him is also, it's a lot easier to go from Baker to Kyle Trask if it doesn't work than the other way around. Because if Kyle Trask struggled, everyone would be screaming, we want Baker. And that would be really hard for him to yeah. do it. And don't forget, the last two years, Kyle Trask has had no snaps because pretty much Brady hogged the whole thing for himself all through practice. So he, they both look really good. You've got the old adage, if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. At the moment, Baker is the number one. We get behind him. But if there's any kind of problem, I've got a lot of faith in the guy standing there on the sideline wearing the number two shirt. Yeah, I think that's the biggest I, I, yeah, key go ahead. to do it. Go ahead, I really do. they got to get off to a fast start. You're exactly right. And it's going to be tough because uh, you have Minnesota on the road, not a great defense. So maybe you can score some points in that game, but offensively, uh, tough. You have the Chicago Bears, which is an approved team. Monday Night Football versus the Philadelphia Eagles. You have the Saints on the road. And then in between there, you have the Lions and the bye week. So you got to get off to a good start. If not, you could look at that bye week and say, you know what? Maybe you need to switch over to Kyle Trask. And that is going to be the key. Did they play their starters enough in that preseason? Hopefully they did. Hopefully they come out swinging. Because if not, I don't think Todd Bowles can, you know, he can be patient. I think you got to go with Kyle Trask at that bye week if Baker struggles. And part of it, I think, will be how the division goes. If the, if somebody jumps out to a, you know, two, three game lead in the division after six or seven weeks, that may affect Todd's decision. Do you play Kyle Trask sooner or later? And so I think how the Bucks hang in the division race will play a lot of this. Uh, P, uh, Paul, give me a quick thought on Dave Canales. I've been impressed with his offensive philosophy and you know obviously we've not seen all the plays they're going to run in the regular season we get that but just the movement and the different formational things that he's been doing I've liked what I've seen out of Dave Canales I think it's just different Jason to what we've seen the last three years which was drop back throw it as quickly as you can so the fact that we've got new options and new wrinkles is going to be great now I said I've been on record I think Byron Leftwich had a really tough deal and it was not his fault a lot of the problems at the end of last year it was Brady causing the problems because he was so one-dimensional so yeah I love what I've seen and you're right you don't show your full hand in pre-season very optimistic very excited to see how it works but again if it doesn't work 
temper your expectations, give it time to develop. It's not how you play in the first two weeks of September. It's how you play in, across the entire 17 weeks of an NFL regular season. Yeah, it's a good point. And I tell you right now, Canales uh, started off coaching uh, under a Pete Carroll, 28 years old, very charismatic. I definitely think he's got a future in the National Football League as a head coaching candidate. And it's not just Baker that has something to prove, right? It's Canales. He wants to prove this because if he's, you know, ha has one of the top 10 offense or top five offense, there's going to be teams out there calling you and you're going to have a good problem on your hands with uh, Mr. Canales. So I, I like everything I've seen so far. Of course, it doesn't mean anything until the regular season starts versus the Vikings on the road. All right, let's get to the contractual news of the week that kind of just broke it late, late this week. Um, as we were recording this on Saturday. The news broke on fr kind of Friday that Mike Evans has basically told the Buccaneers, if I don't have a new contract by opening day, that we're not going to have any more discussions and that we're going to play it out. And the odds are I won't be a Buccaneer potentially afterwards. Well, first of all, he doesn't have the leverage there because if his contract expires, the Buccaneers could franchise tag him if they choose to. So he doesn't have full freedom to leave. But he's made the point he wants to end his career Buccaneer. You know, he's 30 years old, about to be 31 at some point here during the season. You know, he's a career. I mean, he's a, been a great Buccaneer. Year 10 coming up, has had 1,000 yards. We know the 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 greatness that he's he's portrayed. Paul Stewart, to you, do you feel like the Bucs – are getting strong armed here, or do you do you feel like that that it's a must that they get a deal done by the regular season opener? No, I don't think you need to get a deal done. Like you say, this is his tenth season in the NFL, and I think this was a tactic by his agent to try and push something. It was almost like emotional blackmail. Oh, look what he's given to the Buccaneers. You've got to give him a new deal accordingly. It's not what you've done in the past. It's the old Janet Jackson line, what have you done for me lately? And it's what he's going to do during 23. And what would he bring in 24 and 25 as an 11 and 12-year veteran? Right. So I totally understand why you would not give an extension right now. You have to wait. And unfortunately, if it means he tests free agency, you have to let him test free agency. And look, I completely agree with you on this because I think it is what have you done for me lately. Here's a guy, nine consecutive thousand-yard seasons, but if you look at that season last year, whether it was the offense, Brady seeing his best days, he only had six touchdowns. So maybe this is a wait-and-see thing. You know, I thought the most interesting thing that came out about it, the most interesting facet was that ownership was mentioned, not necessarily Jason Light in the front office. So is this an ownership thing? Are the Glaciers going to Jason Light and saying, you know what? Let's see what he does this year. Can he stay healthy? Can he have a fantastic year? Does he work into this offense? And if he does, then I think the Glazers, Jason Line, and Mike Greenberg will work this out. But until then, maybe it's a wait-and-see approach. And you look at it, they did the same thing with Levante David. They did the same thing with Jamel Dean, and it worked out into their favor because there wasn't a market out there. Now, that's not to say there isn't a market out there for Mr. Evans because I believe he is a Hall of Fame player. But if he does have another down year at 30 years old, being 31 next year, his value may not be as high as he thinks it is. I think that was, again, a, a tactic by the agent to involve the Glazers. Now, I'd say I've known Brian and Joel a long, long time. They do not get involved in player decisions. They put the trust in Jason Light and the coaching staff, and that will be where the decision is made. So that was a tactic by the agent to get them involved. It would not be a case of them trying to save money or not doing a deal. That would never, ever come into it. Look how much they've spent up front over the last few years to give the, you know everything on the field. So that was a tactic from the agent. And to be honest, I thought it was a really cheap shot by his agent to do it. 
I thought it was too, and I thought the most interesting facet of the conversation was also the fact of we've been trying for two years, and this front office has not given us any contract details. They have not tried to do a contract over the last couple of years because all we've heard from the other sources that is that the Bucks were working on an extension, and now all of a sudden the Bucks have done no negotiating in the last two years. I agree with you. I love the Glazers. I think they get a bad rap in this town. They've done everything the last couple years to make sure this team is a winner, and it seems like if it's possible, they're going to do everything they can to make sure the Bucks stay competitive. And the other logical thing behind this is the salary cap. This is not the year to be handing out huge extensions because they're so strapped against the cap. Next year, they're going to be in a much better position to be able to extend Tristan Wurst, Winfield. And that's the other thing. You have to, other guys you have to extend that are younger, much younger, Devin White potentially, Winfield, Wurfs, those kind of guys that Mike's probably not the number one on the list as far as priority because you can franchise tag him next year at about 20, 25 million, whatever the number is for franchise tags. But you have that option if you're the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think he's- well, one thing to remember is NFL players only care about two things, yes. winning a ring and getting paid. Once they've got the ring, they want to get paid. If they, if they, once they've been paid, they want to get the ring and vice versa. Mike Evans has already got a Super Bowl ring. So what's he after now? How much money can I make? That's it. And it comes down to what kind of contract, you know, the rumor is that Cooper Cup type of money, you know, three years. Well, you know, Cooper Cup right now is not looking too good because he has hamstring injuries. So are you going to pay a receiver that is getting up there? And right. I still think he has about three or four years. Let's not get it twisted here. Evans didn't play in the preseason. There's a reason he's trying to preserve his body, of course, because he's had hamstring problems. And when you get older, you know, a lot of things don't necessarily work. You know, I got up today, my back was hurting. It's been hurting for the last week and a half. I'm not Mike Evans, not saying, you know, there's any comparison. But when you get older, again, your body starts to break down. So we'll see what that breakdown is. And if he does have another 1,000-yard receiving season and he does play at the top of his game, I think the Bucks will go out there and give him the best deal, give him what he's worth. I think they're doing the same thing with Devin White. You know, it's a prove-it year. And if so, so basically, Peter, what you're trying to say is that now you're that old, you don't want a third co- third year contract from me. I, 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 I'll take the third year contract because I don't necessarily have to do anything physical, Paul. I could just sit here in my chair. <laughs> and here's the other part of the equation, too. We've mentioned the young players, Trey Palmer. What if he has a great year? You know, he's 22 years old. He could technically, I mean, you don't want to stunt his growth if all of a sudden you extend Evans for another three years and you got him and Godwin. And not that Palmer couldn't still be productive, but if Palmer has is the kind of year you think he can have and Rakeem Jarrett plays, sure. maybe you keep Godwin and then maybe you let, for, I mean, maybe you get something from Mike Evans down the road. And we'd love to all see Mike Evans retire a Buccaneer, but we know most of the time that does not happen around the league, unfortunately. Yep, because you've had guys like Rice, you've had T.O., you've had Randy Moss go to other teams. They don't stay with their team forever. Even yep. the great Jerry Rice went to the Raiders. So yeah. it could definitely happen. And here's the thing. I, I want to be pessimistic, Pete, for a minute. What happens if you do get off to a bad start and it is a bad year and you're going with Kyle Trask? Do you entertain trading a Mike Evans to a contender to get more draft capital so you can secure right. a quarterback for next year? Unless, of course, Trask is your guy. All right, you're listening to the No Quarter Given Podcast. We're doing our season preview, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're getting through the roster stuff here. Uh, We are going to – I'm I'm Jason, Peter Blake, Paul Stewart. 
the uh, owner, uh, curator of BuckPower.com. We're part of the No Quarter Given podcast. is part of the BuckPower.com podcast network. We'd love to hear from you, your comments. You can reach out to me at JPO Sports on X. Paul Stewart, is it Buck? Is it Buck Power on on X? Uh, Buck Power One. Buck Power One on X, and Peter Blake. Yeah, I mean it's P Blake one zero zero three, but I'm barely on X. I'm on Facebook. Peter H Blake, friend me there, and I got you. I'll be your friend, and we'll go and interact. All right, so. let's get to let's get to the uh, let's get to the schedule a little bit. We'll, I won't, we won't go through every single game because that's part of what we'll do during this podcast throughout the years. Talk about each week. A couple highlights of the schedule. Obviously, we start week one on the road at Minnesota. Week three, Monday night football at home against the Eagles. Week five is the bye week. Week six, home to Detroit, and that's special because it's going to be the creamsicle jersey game where we're going to wear the orange creamsicle jerseys from back in the day. Week eight, we're at Buffalo on Thursday night football, which will obviously be a primetime national game. And week 10, the Tennessee Titans come to town, but that's not the big news. That's not the big news. The big news is the big man from England is coming to town for the Tennessee Titan week and celebrating and enjoying Florida. Paul Stewart, talk about your visit coming in November to coming to town. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that once I come over a year and taking some some hockey as well with the lightning. One thing about the schedule, Jason, that I always look at is there's a big time difference. There's a five hour time difference over here. So compared to you, so a one o'clock game is six o'clock Sunday evening for me, which is nice and normal. Well, you can imagine what Thursday night and Monday night football is. It's a 1 a.m. start and it doesn't finish till half past four in the morning. I then have a couple of hours sleep and then do my day job. So when Peter asks me at 5 a.m. UK time, do you want to come on the post-game show? All he hears is snoring from this side of the Atlantic. So I'm very glad we haven't got so many national televised games this year. But yeah, I'll see you guys in, in a couple of months' time for the Tennessee game. Nice. Well, Peter's night just gets started about about 5 a.m. He's running the streets of Tampa, well, 5 a.m. You would know this because you're my chaperone. you got to be my DD <laughs> there. That's what they say. No. He's only out there at 5 a.m. because someone told him it's an 8 o'clock start, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> any 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 overall comments about the ske- schedule in general? Uh, obviously, the bye week is way earlier. No, 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 week 5 is, is, is a pretty early bye week. Uh, any other comments about the schedule in general that you, that you like or don't like? I, I think the fact there's less national focus on the Buccaneers will be a big thing because everything was driven around Tom Brady, and understandably so. He was the biggest story in the NFL. He's the best player in league history. So you can understand why all the focus was on that and everyone wants to watch him. The fact there is no Brady means we're more under the radar. There's no trip to Germany this year, which I know everyone says, oh, this is fantastic. We want to go and promote the game. Every NFL team hates going overseas. Every team that's come to London has always said the same off the record. So the fact there's less distractions will be a good thing. We'll get into our division previews. But as I said, I think this is a very weak division. There's only one other team to really worry about. And a quick quick hint, it's not Atlanta and it's not Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think it's the Saints. And I agree with you on that. I think what you take out of it is you got to get off to a great start because it is a tough schedule then. And even though you're on the road for the second half of that schedule, there's a lot of favorable matchups there. Maybe not Buffalo and San Francisco, but, you know, Indianapolis, Houston, you're going to play some rookie quarterbacks there. So there may be some wins. I I would just say, you know, with everybody saying, wow, this is a tough schedule and you're going to be on the road a lot. It actually equals out in the end. The game we've got against the Florida Gators, we should be favored in. 
Absolutely. <laughs> the way they played the other night versus Utah, geez. I mean, it looked like the Bucks' offensive line last year were picking up penalties at critical times. And that, my friend, is on coaching. All right, we're going to take a quick little time out here, guys. We're going to be back in just a second. We're going to talk Minnesota Vikings. We're going to You're going to hear uh, Paul Stewart's collage and m montage preview of the Minnesota Vikings and Buccaneer history. So we'll be back in just a minute. No quarter given podcast. Hang in there with us and we'll see you in just a minute. Well, the fall football season and fall sports calendar is finally here. And there's no better place to buy your tickets for whether it's for the NFL college football, major league baseball, or any sporting event in between in the, in the fall months of August through December, then TicketSmarter.com. TicketSmarter is your secondary marketplace to go for all of your sports ticket needs, whether it's NHL coming up, major league baseball, college football, your favorite NFL team, whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com is the place to go. And for your first time purchase, you will get $10 off your first $100 order, all you have to do is use the code POWERS10. Again, go to TicketSmarter.com and use the code POWERS10 to enjoy $10 off your first order of $100 or more. That's TicketSmarter.com for all of your ticket needs this fall. And now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to purchase your first time home, relocate to the state of Florida, or just purchase that second home or investment property? Well, if so, Titan Home Lending can help you get financing for that new home purchase. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404, and I can help you get pre-approved in less than one day. A pre-approval is critical in order to make that offer on your home. You want to know how much of a home you can make an offer on, and getting a pre-approval will allow you to do that. From an FHA, VA, conventional loan, jumbo loan, bank statement loans, there are numerous loan options out there to help you get into your house of your dreams. You can also renovate. You can do a renovation loan, which will allow you to make home improvements and finance the costs into the loan. So reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida for your next home purchase. 205-790-1404. Okay, welcome back. No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason along with Paul and Peter. You just, uh, we're, we are going to get into week one at Minnesota before we get, and then we're going to wrap up the podcast with a montage by Paul Stewart about the Minnesota Buccaneer rivalry. And then we're going to pick the division winners for you all around the league. So give you a little you, you guys that like to bet future bets and team totals and all that stuff, we're going to help you help you on that front. So, all right. All right, guys, let's get to at Minnesota week one. TJ Reeves, Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore on the call for Buccaneer Radio. CBS Sports is covering the game for uh, CBS. I think it's Catalan, the debut of Matt Ryan and Tiki Barber on the call on the TV side of things. So you're going to get some uh, a little bit of Buccaneer connection with Tiki and Rondé. And uh, first of all, let's congratulate Rondé Barber, obviously, for the Hall of Fame induction. Paul Stewart, I know you're very a, a big fan of Rondé. Give me your thoughts on Rondé heading into the Hall of Fame. I was so pleased for him. I did. I really didn't think he would get there. I thought, you know, he would 
people would have forgotten what he achieved. It's fantastic for the Buccaneers. And on the Monday night game against the Eagles, they're going to put that star up next to his name on the Ring of Honor to show he's in the Hall of Fame, along with all these other great Buccaneer players from the Super Bowl run. Peter? Yeah, I mean, why did it take so long? Why did it take – I get it, there's talented players, but none more than Mr. Rondé Barber with playing the nickel position, uh, revolutionizing that position in general, what he meant to that Buccaneer defense. He was such an important cog to it. And then on top of it, one of the greatest Tampa Bay sports plays of all time, 92 yards to close down the vet. It never gets old to this day, gentlemen. I love it. I love talking about it. Congratulations to a true professional, Rondé Barber. No and I'll tell you, I did a countdown of the top 100 plays in Buccaneer history last year on BuckPower.com, and that was the number one play. And what the funny story about it is I was supposed to be calling that game for British television, but I was so convinced the Bucs were going to lose to the Eagles. I did not want to be live on TV doing it. And then, of course, the Bucs won, and they phoned me trying to talk live on air, and I was crying my eyes out because <laughs> I was so happy because I knew I was going to be going to San Diego to see the Bucs in the Super Bowl. Rondé Barber, great man, great play team history, now has a gold jacket as well. So I know Paul Stewart's doing a top 100 Buccaneer countdown of all time, and you don't have to give it away, but is Rondé Barber in the top 15? I think it's pretty safe to say he's in the top 10. Okay. Uh, you don't <laughs> have to tell to us where. I think Paul's countdown somewhere around the 20s, low 20s right now. He's going to be counting them down, so you will see where Rondé ends up here in a not-too-distant future. So check it out, buckpower.com, top 100 Buccaneers of all time. So, all right, let's get to Minnesota. Obviously, year two of uh, Kevin O'Connell. You got Kirk Cousins. You got uh, Justin Jefferson. A lot of defensive issues in Minnesota last year. They got rid of the defensive coordinator, brought in Brian Flores, the former Dolphins coach, to be the defensive coordinator. So this is an opportunity, in my view, that the Bucks could score some points in this game. I think new offense, an offense that the, the league doesn't really know about. First time Dave Canales is calling plays. New quarter, Obviously, new quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Just give me your initial thoughts, Peter Blake, of week one at Minnesota. I mean, for me, you got an opportunity to score some points, and you got to do it soon. You got to do it early and often to take that crowd out of it because it is such a, such a hostile environment, uh, if you will. So I feel like if they can come out strong, you know, run the ball, have balance to that offense, and take some deep shots down the field, that Minnesota defense is very susceptible. And do it early and often because if you do it early, once again, you take that crowd out of it. And as we said, we went into Minnesota in 2005 to open the season as underdogs. And uh, Cadillac Williams announced himself to the world with a 71-yard touchdown run to clinch the game. And the Bucs started that season 4-0. and Maybe we might not do that this year, but it'll be a good omen if we can go and start the season with a win in, the, uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, and I, th and I think if you're the Buccaneers, you're, you know the defense should be good. I mean, so they're, they're, you shouldn't be giving up 30 points to Minnesota. I know, and again, to me, the key is to if you're the Buccaneers this whole week of preparation, make somebody else other than Justin Jefferson beat you. Remember, no Dalvin Cook. You, you, uh, Hawkinson just signed it, so he, he's a weapon. But their number two and number three receivers are okay. You know more Thielen. So don't let Justin Jefferson go for a buck, and, buck 50 and 10 catches. Make somebody else beat you. Um, again, the running game, we don't know what their running game is going to be with Alex Madison taking over for Dalvin Cook. Again, Buccaneer defensively, they should be in a position that we got a really good back secondary. So the, all those Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, figure out a way to contain Justin Jefferson and make somebody else beat you if you're the Buccaneer defense.
and cause some I'll turmoil. take Chase McLaughlin to kick a field goal to win it in the last minute for the Bucks. There you Bucks go. to win on a field goal. Okay. I like, I like it. it. Yeah. Uh, again, I'll go back to it. You know, the defense, uh, they didn't cause a lot of turnovers last year. This is the time to do that. Carlton Davis was talking about this a couple of months ago, how they're going to wreck this and wreck that, cause turnovers. You know, put your money where your mouth is. You're a top 10 corner. You're a top five corner. It's time to shut down one of the youngest, uh, best wide receivers in the league in Jefferson. I think he can do it, and I think this Bucks team can definitely uh, cause some havoc to Kirk Cousins and, and maybe cause some turnovers here. So I like the Bucks in this game. And I, I like the 2005 reference. Remember Michael Clayton leading the way there on that block to spring Cadillac Williams with that 71-yarder, of course, being a rookie. You know, maybe uh, maybe the Bucks can have some magic there in the, uh, later in that fourth quarter. I think it's a close game, but I think the Bucks also win that. I think the Bucks plus six points. They're about a six, six-and-a-half-point underdog on the road. So if you like to wager, I think that's a pretty good bet. I think at worst, even if they're losing – in the game, I think they the defense of Minnesota is not great. Um, that they'll be the six points is plenty. All right, I'm gonna give you pose each of you guys a question before we get to the divisions. Give me the one position group on the Buccaneers team that if they really elevate their game, this team can be a contender to win the division. Linebackers, linebackers, we have to get Jack, Jack Barrett needs to come back, maybe not to his 2019 2020 self, but just come back to be, an, be a, at least an influence from the outside. We need Levante and Devin White. Levante not to slow down. Devin not to make so many mental mistakes. He's playing for a big, huge contract. So we need some pressure from the outside, whether it's the new guys, whether it's Tran Shinko and, and the rookies. To me, it's the linebackers. And you, real quick before you go, Peter, the Buccaneers kept six outside linebackers on the roster, which, you know, Anthony Nelson's part of that group, Diaby, obviously Cam Gill, who's had some moments in the last couple of years, and they kept a couple of first-year guys, Marquise Watts, who if you if you haven't followed him, his story, interesting story, but they, they kept a lot of outside linebackers, i.e. pass rushers, on the roster to help boost that uh, pass rush. And you make a great point. If the linebackers play well, we think the secondary is going to be good. If the outside linebackers and linebacking core can help out Vita Vea, Clancy, uh, Cancy, and uh, and Logan Hall up front, I think that's a key part of this Buccaneer resurgence. Peter? Yeah, I think it's the offensive line because everybody's looking at that. Tristan Wirfs moving from the right side to the left side. Luke Gedeke on the right side. If they can elevate their game, that makes that offense that much more better. And you're not necessarily worrying about the – pressure on Baker Mayfield so that line has an opportunity let's see what Tristan Wirfs can do boys at that left side yeah. he do the same thing he did on the right side and is that right side with the rookie at right guard and also Gedeke good enough I like the offensive line at this point a couple other notes about the roster that just came out in the last couple of days Sean Tucker who made the roster as a running back he is now supplanted Keyshawn Vaughn as the number two running back so Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be the three right now. Sean Tucker's been elevated to number two behind Rashad White. We saw the burst that, that Sean Tucker showed in the preseason. He's very fast. I think the Bucs, the one thing I think the Bucs have done a great job this offseason in doing, they've increased the speed element of their roster, running back, receiver, linebackers. So I think that part of the element as far as the youth movement has been great for the uh, Buccaneers and what Jason Light and his staff have done is they've really found a lot of guys that now can run. And that's something the Bucs didn't have a lot of is team speed, especially at the skill player position. I think that's going to really be a boost. So, uh, all right. So Paul goes linebacker. Peter goes uh, offensive line. 
I will go secondary because I want the set. We've paid a lot of money to that secondary. I want them to catch balls. We, we, we know they can defend balls, but now we got to catch them. When Davis and Jamel Dean get opportunities to catch the ball, you got to catch the ball. A sneaky signing, Ryan Neal at safety. He's been a really good, really good addition. I think a lot of rave reviews with him, him and Antoine Winfield at safety, but catch the football when you get a chance in the Buccaneers secondary with Carlton Dean and Jamel Davis and, o- and Ozian or Uz- Idian, the, uh, the, the undrafted kid out of Rutgers is your nickelback. So catch the football. Now Paul Stewart with his terrific montage of the Buccaneers and Minnesota Vikings rivalry. Now the Bucs have opened their season against Minnesota four times before, and the last time they did so was in 2005. Cadillac Williams was making his NFL debut, and he sealed victory for John Gruden's squad with a 71-yard touchdown run inside the last two minutes. Got it. And more. Cadillac. Off to the races. Welcome to the NFL. The other rookie for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 71 yards on the run to seal the victory. This was not the only memorable debut that day, as fellow 2005 draft pick tight end Alex Smith had a pair of touchdown receptions from Brian Greasy as the Bucs began their march towards division title. And incidentally, with players now more aware of game situations these days, Cadillac would probably not have scored in today's NFL, as he would have gone to ground as soon as he had the first down, knowing the Vikings were out of timeouts. Sometimes the old ways were definitely better. 1981 saw the Bucks not only open their season at home against the Vikings, but also the entire NFL schedule. Hugh Culverhouse successfully lobbied the NFL to allow them to play on the Saturday night before the regular opening day under the pretense it would be too hot. It was just to increase his standing in the NFL, of course, but the Bucks did the trick on the field as Neil Colsey returned to Steve Dill's pass 82 yards inside the final minute to give John McKay's team a 21-13 victory. The following year, the Bucks travelled to Minnesota to play the very first game in the Metro Dome. Now, Minnesota turned out victors that day, 17-10, but the Bucks, of course, would end the 82 season in the postseason tournament. And did you know it's 20 years since the Bucks opened another stadium on the road in Philadelphia? Who can ever forget that game? We'll be featuring the Eagles in one of these previews very soon. Now, the Bucks and the Vikings have played many times over the years because they were both part of the NFC Central Division. And the Vikings currently hold a 33-23 lead all-time, although the Bucks have won eight of the last 11. Now, although we're not going to look just look at season openers, there have been some pretty memorable games over the years between the Buccaneers and the Vikings. The Bucks' all-time passing record in the game is 486 yards, and it happened in Minnesota's old Metropolitan Stadium all the way back in 1980. Doug Williams set the mark, which has remained to this day one of 16 400-yard passing games in franchise history. Tom Brady, of course, unsurprisingly has four of them, but did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick has four as well? Now, the original Minnesota home stadium was unusual because both teams stood on the same side of the field as it was also home to the Minnesota Twins baseball team at the time. The only other stadium the Bucks have played that had this unusual arrangement was Milwaukee's County Stadium, where the Bucks played five times against the Packers before Lambeau Field became their regular home. Now this one finished 38-30 Minnesota, and there was so much offense that John McKay suggested both teams burn the defensive wheels of the game. But then we would lose a pair of Kevin Howe's touchdown receptions and my friend Tony Davis's one and only NFL score. 
been two memorable Buccaneer ground performances against the Vikings, one of which was James Wilder's 219-yard game in 1983, which gave the Bucs their first win that season after an 0-9 start. Now, this was Wilder's coming-out party, and he would go on the following two seasons to be the best all-around back in the NFL, as well as becoming the best running back in Buccaneer history, and someone who should be in the ring of honour. Now, the Bucks have only had one quarterback rush for 100 yards in a game, and it's not Steve Young as many would think. It was Vinny Testaverde in a 1990 home game against the Vikings. It was Richard Williamson's first game as head coach after Ray Perkins had been fired. And Vinny commented it was nice to come back to the sideline and not get shouted at for the first time since the end of the NFL. Now, Tony Dungy's first win as a head coach came against his old team in 1996, as Mike Allstott scored on a screen pass from Trent Dilfer, who also threw a pair of touchdown passes to Rob Thomas. And the Bucks won the last meeting between the two teams, a 26-14 decision in 2020, in which Tom Brady threw a pair of touchdown passes, one to Rob Gronkowski. And so the 48th season of Buccaneer football is about to begin, or it officially begins when Mean Gene Deckard says we're going to put toes to leather. Now, the Buccaneers have won their last two season openers, albeit both against the Dallas Cowboys. We will see this Sunday if the Bucs can make it three in a row. And you can catch up on that and everything else to do with the Buccaneers on BuckPower.com. Every game, every player, everything Bucks. All right. Yeah. Let's go to, let's wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up here. We're going to go through the divisions in the NFC and AFC. I just want you to give me a division winner. And if you, I know if you got a little note about something great, but just we'll talk about division winners. Let's start in the NFC East, Mr. Paul Stewart, your favorite team in that is residing in that division, huh? Well, hang on. The season hasn't started yet, which means the Dallas Cowboys are going to win every game, win the division, <laughs> win the conference, and win the Super Bowl. And, and ESPN and everyone else is going to dedicate 90% of their time to talking about the Cowboys. And then the season starts, and it all goes wrong for them, and they haven't won bugger all for about 30 years. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're completely overrated, and I really hope they struggle this year. So go Philadelphia Eagles. I hope they win the division. That's my pick in the East. Peter? Yeah, Philadelphia is uh, much improved on both sides of the ball. I like the Eagles and what they did in the offseason. I also like Jalen Hurts to take that next step as one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL because just got a new contract extension. He played well. I like the Eagles. Remember the Cowboys also, Paul Stewart. They just brought in Trey Lance, the future of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Potentially. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, please, please. I, I don't want to carry on laughing for the next 20 minutes. Let's move to another division. <laughs> I'll say Philadelphia too, but remember this. Philadelphia had a much easier schedule last year. The schedule is much cha- more challenging for the Eagles this year. So it would not shock me if the Cowboys are right there with them. Sneaky pick could be the Giants. I mean, again, I don't expect the Giants to win 12 games. That could be a that, but I'll, I'll I'll lean I'll lean Eagles, but the Cowboys I think will be right there for the division title. Let's go NFC West, Paul Stewart. Okay, this is where you've got to still say San Francisco because they're that strong, they're that good. Arizona are a dumpster fire. Yes. The Rams have got nobody left, and and Seattle can they do it again? I think the 49ers win and they win it quite big. Peter. Yeah, I agree. I go with the San Francisco yeah. 49ers, Brock Purdy defense, uh, semi-talented. Go with the 49ers. I, I, 49ers as well. Joey or Nick Bose is still not signed yet for the Niners, so that's an issue that could affect week one. They play. They got a tough game at Pittsburgh, but I'm with you, 49ers. NFC North. 
A lot of changes so there. A lot of changes. Go against the grain and be surprising. Chicago Bears. Because wow. I think Detroit wow. are living off the this preseason hype. Green Bay, addition by subtraction and getting rid of Rodgers, who was a distraction to that team. Minnesota we're not quite sure about. I think Chicago come wow. through and surprise everybody. That is my upset pick of the eight divisions. And the Bears will be in Tampa for week two, the Bucks' home opener. So you'll get a good early view of Justin Fields and company as they come to Raymond James Stadium. Peter? Yeah, to me, that's not a surprise because I like the Chicago Bears also. Justin Fields, he could take that next step like Jalen Hurts did. You finally get him a number one wide receiver and a DJ Moore. You improve that defense. Question marks if they can get after the passer. Uh, but if you could protect the passer, that would be Fields with that running game. I like the Chicago Bears. You're just picking whoever I do right now. Come on, do something different. Two Chicago Bears picks to win the division. Wow. I'm going, I'm going to go off the edge here. I'm going to go to the Green Bay Packers. I think Jordan Love's going to play better than people think. And I think they got a ton of, ton of talent on defense. I think Green Bay is going to figure, I don't think it's going to be a great record, 10 and seven kind of record. I think 10 and seven wins that division for the Green Bay Packers. Let's go. We'll save the Bucks division till last. So let's go to the AFC East. Okay, this is the year I think Miami fall apart completely and the tour experiment <laughs> blows up and everybody starts again. The last time the Dolphins won a Super Bowl, they were taking pictures in black and white. So I am going to go, not surprisingly, Buffalo Bills and I take the Jets to come second over the Patriots. Paul Stewart, for you, will, will Tom Brady be playing quarterback for the Dolphins by Halloween? No, he's gone. He's finished. Go, go. Stop, if Tua goes here. down... I'm fed up with talking about it. Move on, move on. <laughs> all right, Peter, go. I like the Jets in that division. With Aaron Rodgers, all the additions they made in the offseason, plus a talented defense, I think they're better than the Buffalo Bills, as crazy as that sounds. For me, Josh Allen, it's the Madden curse. I like the Jets to win that division. I'm with you, too. I think the Jets are going to figure out a way to, again, very tough schedule early. Got a brutal schedule the first six, seven weeks of the year. But if they can navigate that, I think the Jets have an opportunity late in the year to win that division. Let's go AFC South, a division the Buccaneers will see all four of these teams in the regular season. Jacksonville, they're loaded. Yeah. And and Trevor Lawrence has proven he's a good quarterback. Doug Pedersen's doing a tremendous job. And, of course, they don't have Urban Meyer. So Jacksonville are going to win that in, in, in a landslide. Yeah, great minds think alike. I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna go under <laughs> coattails on this. Trevor Lawrence, one of the best young quarterbacks in the National Football League, he showed that the future is bright. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars and Doug Peterson. This is probably the easiest one to call because you got two rookie quarterbacks starting in Indianapolis and Houston, Richardson and C.J. Stroud. New coaches in both those spots. We don't know what's going on in Tennessee with Tannehill and Derrick Henry's probably the last run there. I'm with you. Jacksonville's the clear favorite there. AFC North, probably the, maybe the toughest division in football with all four teams, legitimately could be above 500. Yeah, let's Peter, Peter, you go first so I can copy you this time. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go with Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, for me, uh, head and shoulders, talent-wise, I mean, it's, it's time for this kid uh, to really show everybody that he is not only uh, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league, but maybe the best quarterback in the league, taking that from uh, Patrick Mahomes. I like the talent there. T. Higgins offensively, you know, defensively, always question marks, but Cincinnati in that division for me, pretty close. This is a loaded division. They are four very, very good teams. 
I'm going to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I trust Mike Tomlin to find a way to, to win that division. It might only be 10 and 7, and they all make it through as wild cards. For me, that's the Steelers. I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens. I think the, the, the offensive firepower now that Lamar Jackson has, they've always been pretty good on defense. I think the kicking game with Justin Tucker is always elite. So close division. Again, that'll be a bloodbath of a division, but I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens in that division. All right, let's go AFC West. You got Mahomes, you got Denver, you got the Raiders, you got the Chargers with Kellen Moore with working with Herbert. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, I'm not going against the Kansas City Chiefs. I did that last year. I learned my lesson. Until somebody knocks Patrick Mahomes out and Andy Reid, it's the Chiefs' uh, division to win. Denver, you may surprise some people with uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, but uh, I still like Kansas City. Well, I often appear on Vegas radio on the T.C. Martin show, so instead of picking the team to come first, I'm going to pick the team that's going to come last, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm really going to enjoy my weekly appearances on that show, talking about how bad the Raiders are this year. Worst coach in the NFL, Josh McDaniels. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's terrible. He's, he's still trying to draft Tim Tebow for the Raiders, apparently. I'm going to go outside the box here. I'm going to go L.A. Chargers. I think New Kellen Moore with Herbert's going to be good. I think the Chris Jones holdout situation could be an issue. If he doesn't report, their defense is not very good if he's not in that defense. So depending on how long that holdout potentially lasts, I, I'm going – they're going to put it together this year. I think Chargers win the division. Kansas City is a wild card. All right, all right boys, last division, NFC South. It's It's go time here. Give me a give me a pick here in the division and give me a Buccaneer record. Okay, well it'd be very easy to say the Bucks are going to go seventeen and zero, and we're talking about who's going to come second. I would be very happy if the Bucks got to eight and nine because of all the things we talked about. Yeah. So for a division winner, I think the New Orleans Saints have just got enough talent they're going to win that division. So and as I said, for the Bucks, I want to be pleasantly surprised than bitterly disappointed. So I will go eight and nine and hope to be surprised above that. Peter Blake. The Bucks offense with Baker Mayfield is the surprise of 2023. He has the type of year that Geno Smith has. Think about the Seattle Seahawks last year. That is going to be the version of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2023. Not only is Baker Mayfield going to be a comeback story, this team is going to win 10 games, 10 and 7. Listen, I would say the Saints all day long. But you don't have Sean Payton there. You got Dennis Allen, 15 and 38. I get it. They have some talent, but they're older. Like the Bucks, ten and seven to win the NFC South. How about that, boys? The Bucks have some tough road trips. They go to San Francisco. They go to Buffalo. They go to Minnesota. Uh, you know, they got some, they got Philadelphia at home. Obviously, in the division games, the good thing is you have the AFC South, which is some some games you can win there. I'm going to go nine and eight, and I I think the Buccaneers could win a tiebreaker to win the division with New Orleans. I think nine and eight, the division games are going to be critical in the, in the kind of the tiebreaker situation. So I'm going to go nine and eight for the Buccaneers and somehow they're going to win the division on a tiebreaker. I like that. that sounds good to me. As I said, when it's easy to be over the top and sure. you know, you want to see your team do well. And we talk about fans. We, we, although we're Buccaneer people with a Buccaneer interest, we're not diehard blinded fans just ignoring everything that goes around us. Right. And we don't want to be pessimistic peeps, as you said earlier, Peter. So we're trying to be realistic with our expectations. And like you say, we want to be surprised and talking about Buccaneer wins. So let's go ahead. We're all ready for the season. Everybody is O and O. This is the one time we're going to be level with the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Let's make sure we beat both <laughs> of them by the end of the year. Love it. Love it. 
All right, Peter Blake, before we get out of here, promote all your good stuff you got going on and where we can find all your good work. Yeah, Monday and Wednesday, uh, Monday through Friday, excuse me, uh, Monday and Wednesday would be the sports book, but Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, the J.P. Peterson Show on Facebook and YouTube. And, of course, the evolution of Sports Talk Television Monday and Wednesday nights. And, of course, after a game, before the game, Bucks games, USF, we'll have you all covered. Definitely do three things. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. And I know, Paul Stewart, you're going to bring Peter Blake a watch in November too, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that show he does with JP, they often have a really good guest over from England who talks about the Ryder Cup and the Buccaneers. So I, I'm very proud to be part of that. You can catch me on social media, Paul Buckpal Stewart, and on, on, on X, as used to be Twitter, buckpal.com, every player, every game, everything Bucks. And remember, Paul does such a great job with audio and video clips. I mean, again, he's got a, he just put out a podcast with he and Randy Grimes outlining the 1985 season opener in Chicago with the venerable 46 defense. Lehman Bennett's first game as a Buccaneer head coach. I encourage you to watch and listen. Would listen to that. I definitely uh, listened to it the other day, and good stuff. So, and for me, you can find my stuff uh, Powers on Sports podcast. I also do a Florida Football Insiders podcast, which is a college football centric podcast in the state of Florida. We host this podcast every single week we're going to be previewing every buccaneer opponent you can find me on youtube uh jason power sports channel this interview will be posted on on the sports channel the video interview as well and all of our other uh, no quarter given interviews moving forward so buck fans appreciate you listening if you haven't already done so subscribe hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform enjoy week one at minnesota remember you can listen to the buccaneers on the buccaneer app if you do, if you if you can't see the tv you can listen to the feed through the buccaneer app if you're in the Tampa Bay market, 98 Rock with TJ, Gene, and Dave on the call, our guy TJ Reeves will be a part of this podcast throughout the year as well. Check out him on the sidelines, our guy at Buck Sideline Guy. But Paul Stewart, appreciate the opportunity to have you on and having us renew our contract for another year of some Diet Coke and a couple chicken wings, man. Thank we appreciate you. it. Yeah, it sounds great to me. Looking forward to seeing you guys in person in a couple of months. All right, Buck fans, we'll see you next week. Uh, previewing week two, the home opener, Chicago Bears. Enjoy week one, Minnesota Vikings on the road, one o'clock game on Sunday. Let's go, Bucks. Off to another great year. Here we go. Talk to you next week, folks. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another no-quarter-given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.